Hi everyone and welcome to the Make and Market podcast. I'm your host Lawrence Chapman and I'm the content lead here at Axe and Garside. In this episode I'm delighted to be joined by Thomas Flood, co-founder of Engineers Insight. Engineers Insight is a manufacturing platform offering a streamlined way to discover the latest products, view videos, access manuals and drawings, send inquiries and create a personalised inventory of products. Driven by a vision to modernise how manufacturers connect with the market, Engineers Insights Thomas's very own commitment to bringing the industry into the 21st century. So in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Thomas Flood. So Tom's the co-founder of Engineers Insight. Uh, first and foremost, thanks so much for joining me, Tom. Pleasure. Um, and um, just to start off, um, can you just give us an insight really into the background of the product and how it all came about? Yeah, sure. So um, my background is industrial automation. So I work for a few of the big uh, automation brands. Whilst I was um, in my early 20s, noticed that we were spending a lot of money on print media. Um, And thought there's got to be a better digital solution out there. And I couldn't find one. You know, they've all got websites, but they're full of flashing banner ads and overpopulated with text fields and um, not what I'm used to or not what I was used to with social media. So the idea was that we create a mobile app for industry where engineers could go to and scroll through a newsfeed of products and then they could click in and get the tech details, the, the documents, the drawings, they could send inquiries. But then importantly for the brands, they could actually get real analytics because you know we would spend tens of thousands of pounds but then have to assume a certain amount of readers would have seen it. Well, for a marketing person, ROI is key. So, you know, that's what we focus on now, you know, on that side of the marketplace is for these brands that we can tell you how many users have, have looked at it. You know, we've got the we've got the details of the um, the industries that they work in, the job titles they have, the the employers they work for. So it's all data that's really important to them. They just don't have access to it at the minute. So yeah, engineers insight is and will be the central resource place for manufacturing. Fantastic. And uh, when I was doing like, a little bit of research into it and like just doing a bit of digging, um, I found a quote from yourself that I thought was quite you know, quite interesting. So you said that um, the uh, engineers insight app is like your commitment to bringing manufacturing into the 21st century. So what specifically do you consider almost like archaic or outdated mm-hmm. um, you know, with so-called traditional methods? Um, I suppose it's it's hit and hope. Um, we were spending thousands and thousands of pounds um, on magazines, so I have no idea how many people had looked at it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got to a point at one of my last employers where we'd only ever buy the front page of a magazine. And obviously the price goes up for that, but it's the only page you could assume a certain percentage of the readership would actually see. And then you know the marketing manager at the time would ask us that if we ever got a lead, the first question is, did you see us in such and such magazine, which for me as a 25 year old seemed ludicrous. Every other industry had moved away from it Mm -hmm. decades ago. I assumed at that age that an app already existed and it didn't. Now I'm talking to students, apprentices, graduates, they assume it exists. Well, it only exists because I've made it. It probably wouldn't have existed anyway Mm -hmm. because people don't like change. They're just stuck with with what they've got. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost like a case of Sometimes you do need someone to just be 
a little bit bold and I guess kind of brave in many ways mm-hmm. because it can be a case of, you know, some people can kind of mm-hmm. almost adopt the, you know, follow the leader yeah. uh, approach and can, you know assume that just because nobody else is doing it, yeah, it's not it's it's yeah, not it broken. Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, so, in the development of the app and like when you were you know almost like in the early stages, so how did you conduct market research to identify the gaps or issues that the gap uh, the uh, sorry that the app currently addresses um, or is that in that product launch process? Well, I was in the fortunate position that I was in the market, so I was already working for one side of the marketplace, mm-hmm. being a brand that's trying to reach engineers and buyers and uh, and such with products. But then, of course, all of my customer base, customer base, were giving me the feedback of what their problems were. So mm. I went to a few engineers that I knew, said, "What about this?" And they said, "Well, that's great because, yeah, you know, the, especially the younger engineers mm. weren't reading the magazines anyway." But then they'd just give me a, a shopping list of things that annoy them. Yeah. Things like documents. You mm. know, there's still OEMs, machine builders that print manuals off into machine packs, mm. hundreds of pages. Mm-hmm. Well, you know why not integrate that into the app as well and you know that's what when I said about the bookmark part of the app will be an area where the, an engineer can say well look, my machine's got XYZ these are the 20 products on it I've got a live directory of manuals and drawings and send inquiries and we time and date stamp everything um, and then we took that feedback and I went back to some of the brands and the brand said well if you know that certain products are with certain engineers we have another pro- a problem of how do we tell them that something's end of life because that's a huge issue for all of the brands mm-hmm. so then the, the next feature that comes out of that is well actually if you tell us that this product's going to go end of life in six months we could notify that user because we know that they've got that product this is going to be obsolete in six months this is the replacement item this is the upgrade path manual well it keeps keeps their customer in the portfolio of their products mm-hmm. instead of what happens now is you know, engineers it, they probably chances are the manufacturer doesn't get a chance to tell them so by the time products obsolete something goes wrong in the machine you've lost that customer because one they're upset they didn't know and two they're desperate to get the line moving mm-hmm. so they'll be on eBay or, or whatever they can yeah. or the local distributor to just get a replacement part mm-hmm. then you've lost the, the customer mm-hmm. yeah sure and when you were like almost like developing the app itself um, and you know you're taking all these potential pain points from your you know your prospective users on your personas what or were there any specific features or functionalities within the app that you kind of like prioritized um, and developed above mm-hmm. us uh, sorry above uh, developed above others to address like particular challenges was there anything that you kind of thought right we really need to nail this down um yeah documents to... documents was the first thing was that the biggie yeah yeah it was because then that sets you apart from yeah. a marketing tool mm-hmm um, then you're a, a cross between a marketing newsfeed and a technical resource, um, which is probably where we'll find ourselves as we grow. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if you can create enough value for the engineer to use it and to get value out of it, then and naturally there's a pool of users there that the manufacturers want to reach with new product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And um, did you kind of go into it, um, you, you know, the, the like almost like the development process, and when you were going <clears> through. Um, you know, developing you know the app. Was there anything that you started at the you know at the start of the process where you thought, right, I view this as being like the the main pain point. This I I place this above like a pedestal. We need to sort X. And then when you spoke to your prospective users, it kind of like 
you know, it, it was like out there basically. <laughs> Can you share any sort of like feedback or insights from users that led to any almost like significant iterations or improvements in the app moving forwards? Um, not huge. So early days, it was because we were just getting feelers from both sides of the market. We were developing it with them as such. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't because we've been certain from the start. There's no point as building something that you know someone doesn't want. Yeah. So we'll build something with these partners. So the early brands that we, people like Siemens and SMC and KUKA, big brands that they were really early in the process. Well, they were the ones that were basically saying, well, we want it to look like this. So that's how we sort mm-hmm. that. And then I had this pool of engineers that by the time we got to a beta test, we had 250 of them that were then giving us their feedback of what they needed. Mm-hmm. So we weren't just going out there and building some, throwing something out and saying, yeah. download this version of the app. Mm-hmm. And then people were saying, oh, this doesn't work mm-hmm. or we do want this. The other, um, a more recent version update um, was based off feedback from one of the brands and it was totally right and we should have done it sooner, it's just you have so many things to do, was video content on the newsfeed, you know, a bit more like social media. So instead of just stationary images of product, or the application videos are behind the product, but actually having them on the newsfeed, we've seen a spike of like 30% engagement rate on this one particular product that we just put an mp4 file on the front mm-hmm. end so now we built that into all products can have that as an option so the newsfeed will feel more engaging for the user things will catch their eye and they'll watch and we can even better for the brands we can tell them how many people have watched the video how long they've got you know the average view how many pauses how many plays how many clicks into the product from that all things that you know we just don't have yeah in industry really yeah yeah sure and it's almost like those sort of like metrics and those sort of, you know, behavior, um, you know, being able to really delve into that behavior that is, mm. you know, really beneficial because as you say, it's all well and good being in a catalog or, you know, a magazine. Yeah. But you can't, you know, you know, once you're in there, you can't really gauge like, you know, mm. no. user behavior. You no. know, and we don't, when, when I first came up with the idea, people were saying, oh, is it just like an Argos catalog? Mm-hmm. Well, no, because you know, people don't have Argos catalogs anymore anyway, but we don't want to we don't want to take something from industry and just put it on an app. Mm. It's pointless because the magazines could do that. Yeah. Um, we want to create something different and that gives so much value to both sides of the market that it's it's part of your daily use. Mm-hmm. There's no point just copying something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess what it, 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 you know what it in a nutshell what it boils down to is. The willingness to adopt new technology, mm-hmm. um, and you know, rightly or wrongly, sometimes manufacturing does have almost like a little bit of a, a stereotype attributed to it that you know it's very old-fashioned. It's kind of out there, and you know, yep. not there's almost like a, a lack of willingness to to accept new things. So, when you were kind of trying to bring this to the market. Um, what sort of, or did you experience any significant resistance? Uh, <laughs> and if so, how did you kind of approach that? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I remember one, um, one customer, um, not a customer, one person I was introduced to that I pitched the idea. By this point, a lot of competitors were already on it. Yeah. And he said it wouldn't work for me because I already know every engineer in the UK. And I thought, well, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, there's no point in me wasting my time with people like you. 
So that evening I went home and I emailed every college and university in the UK that offers engineering courses and I said I'm building this thing, it's completely free. Um, further education has the issue anyway that you know they don't have the strong links to industry. So students will come out of college or uni and they're in, a, they're in the deep end in a job. They've probably never seen the brands that we're talking about or the technology we're talking about. So we offered to them is that, you know, download this for free. Your students actually get to see the application videos of the robots that are in industry and the brand names that they need to see, the brochures. They can ask application questions through the app. Um, in return, I'll go in and, you know, we, we work closely actually with um, Warwick University's Engineering Society. So just before Christmas, we took in Siemens. We had a lecture hall of... 80 something students where we you know introduced engineers insight obviously yeah um shameless plug but then actually we had product manager for drives explaining what a drive was because you don't really see or feel what a product is whilst you're in education and then we had a graduate siemens she could talk about her experience leaving university how she got into siemens opportunities as a grad yeah and then a sales manager to explain you know <clears throat> being an engineer isn't wearing overalls and covered in oil mm -hmm. at Siemens there's probably a hundred different job titles that all do completely different things yep. so that's the sort of thing you know off the back of an annoying conversation like that that you can get upset about but then mm -hmm. it just drives you into another thing and you know, that education piece for engineers insight is is growing quicker than I even imagined mm -hmm. yeah sure do you see um, engineers into I mean obviously it is a new approach um, it's a kind of almost like trying to push people towards mm -hmm. you know trying to adopt a new way of thinking yep. but do you see it exclusively as um, you know like we need to kind of push forward and embrace new technology or do you see it as almost like a combination between the old and the new um, yeah the minute at the minute, it is a combination between the old and the new because the old at the minute is a pretty picture and a contact us here and an email address. Mm -hmm. And we've taken that and turned it into the new, which mm -hmm. is the image, the video, the manuals, the brochures, send your inquiries, bookmark it, etc. Send, send notifications. Mm -hmm. So it is a, it's a bridge between what exists and what should have existed a long time ago. Yeah. Um, when we sort of delve into all of the hundred other features and avenues that we can go down then it'll be a completely new ecosystem mm -hmm. and there are other ecosystems out there you know there's platforms like how to robot in the robot market that you know introduces integrators to to um, applications which is fantastic mm. but ours is a bigger ecosystem of every product every user um, it's free mm -hmm. um, and it's more of a resource hub mm -hmm. yeah what what do you think? I mean, we we said about um, you know earlier on before you, when you said oh you know you know I checked to see if I checked to see if there was you know if this had been done before it hadn't been done before um, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. Why do you think it's taken so long in such a <laughs> in such a almost like a, a massive market that is know. manufacturing? Why do you think it's taken so long for this to be um, It was extremely hard to convince people outside of industry that it, it was needed. Yeah. So when we first came up with the idea, we thought. You know, you watch Dragon's Den and Shark Tank and all this sort of crap, yeah. and you think, 
I'm going to go out and I'm going to raise a million quid and mm. we're going to be this big tech company. And then you start talking to VCs and angel investors and they're like, nah. Yeah. A technology driven industry like manufacturing, there's no way you're relying on magazines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know is the answer. I think people don't like change. People are stuck in their ways. Why change something that's not broken, I suppose, for some yeah. people? For me, it was broken. Yeah. You know? It just strikes me as being almost like something that is so simple but so effective and it makes just it just makes things a lot easier than like yeah. the, the, the current process I just yeah it, it just baffles me why yeah uh, why, why there's so much resistance or resistance in some in some areas uh, but um so um considering almost like the data driven approach to you know to marketing and product launches um how can brand or how how did you um, lean on um, data when you were launching um, your app and um, how can brands leverage uh, how so how can brands leverage analytics to almost like improve the effect uh, the effectiveness of product mm. launches moving forward? Well, you know we're still in the early days, so everything we do is very basic at the minute analytics wise. Yep. So we tell the brands how many users have opened the product, how many downloads of any of the PDFs, how many inquiries are sent, how many times users open the inquiry box and close it. Um, you know things like the video analytics I already spoke about in the future that that will become a huge list of analytics that I always show in my pitch but you know it's just another thing thing to add on at some point um, for them they all want the analytics now um, they just don't get it mm-hmm. so it's an easy sell you know, even the most basic how many people have viewed this product well, you know I was on a pitch yesterday to a huge huge brand and you know, I'm always cautious when I go through my pitch deck that I'm one not overselling, mm-hmm. and two not not selling too short because yeah. we're still early, right? So um, bought up the analytics uh, slide, and I said, look, uh, it is still in its early days, so this is all we're given at the minute. And like, we can see how many people have viewed it. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, all right, perfect. Mm-hmm. So I know other industries you would expect reams of analytics mm. but for us getting a foot foot in the door with these places these brands just being able to say you know 200 people have viewed this product in the last 90 days and you've had x amount of inquiries and this amount of downloads of brochures is a big thing mm. which sounds strange for someone like you in a marketing firm mm. but do you think people can get lost in numbers and just like yeah probably do you think there's almost yeah i was mm. like sometimes I mean, I yeah. I mean, you say you know for someone like me in in a marketing place, but I will gladly hold my you know I'll gladly hold my hands up and I'll say numbers are not my forte. Yeah. I I leave that to my colleagues, but um, it's one of those where mm-hmm. I have spoken to people who can get just buried in yeah, data. Um, and do you do you see that almost like as a hindrance to an effective product launch? Um. um. They don't have it. Mm. They don't have it to be a hindrance mm. on them. You know, you do an exhibition. All you've got really is how much you've spent versus how many leads you had on the show mm-hmm. versus six months' time, how many turned into projects. Yeah, that's it. That's quite a good metric to follow. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got two projects that you made profit on that show, then the show was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't in manufacturing. There really isn't hundreds to to get buried in yeah yeah sure and i mean obviously 
you know, this is looking like a, I don't want to kind of jinx it, I'm not going to touch wood, but, um, you know, it's looking like it's, you know, something that's, you know, a success story, <laughs> you know, from your perspective oh, and, you know, for, for the manufacturing, for the manufacturing industry as a whole. So, um, almost like, what would be almost, I hate, I hate this question in some in so many ways, but what would be almost like your golden tip for bringing a product to market for a manufacturer um, who maybe in you know whether or not they're a, an experienced you know manufacturer looking to kind of pivot into something that is a little bit less traditional or mm. somebody who is in your shoes and they're bringing their first product to market. What would almost be like your your go to um, piece of advice be? Engineers in sort now, Joe. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's marketing or as an engineer, project manager, it's ROI, right? So, you know, you need to, you need to know if the money you've spent was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it, I used to sell automation pro- products, you know, and for them it was, if we're going to buy a robot, well, how many months until we're making money out of the robot, you know, because you're going to spend a lot of money up front to automate a line to remove people off the line to then you know you want a quick two, you want two two years ROI well marketing's the same I suppose um, the golden tip is uh, don't spend too much money mm-hmm. I mean it, it, we, we're even finding it now actually just as just dipping your toe in the water things like Google Ads LinkedIn Ads um, email marketing, everything we do is small samples and it's testing and it's just changing things and then testing it again. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the one thing uh, Stephen Barlett always talks about or most recently with the Diary CEO, they've they've got a team of uh, people with the podcast that they just change thumbnails and then buy a different Facebook ad and see the engagement rate on that and you don't have to spend that much money. But just keep testing different things to find a good result. Don't just chuck ten grand into one thing and hope that it works, because mm. it won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, considering the technical nature of manufacturing, um, there is, you know, there are, um, you know, varying degrees of understanding. You know, you will have some people who are in the industry for years and they've got, you know, you know, as I say, they've, you know, obviously, they know the ins and outs of it some to a lesser degree so how important is it for companies um, launching products in the industry to almost like educate their audience and um, during product launches and what methods have you found works best mm. yeah um, massive so when I look at places I've worked in the past we, we would just throw things out and hope that someone sees it and think oh that looks interesting they probably don't they mm. think oh interesting colour of that widget what works are things like video content. Um, I see quite a lot actually on LinkedIn of people explaining the product or talking about the product or all of the brands now have YouTube channels where you have like a product manager that stands next to their product on a machine and explains it in an application mm-hmm. or just the application moving behind them gets yeah. the engagement. What I would say works well is um, telling the story so you know more than just this is a product mm-hmm. why would the customer bother using it mm-hmm. is the real question um, even <clears throat> with our podcast it's something we were from the start we said 
we don't want someone to come in and just pitch who they work for. Mm-hmm. We want someone to sit in a chair and just explain what the, what they wanted to be when they were a kid and what jobs they had through college and university because it's about their story and mm-hmm. then the people watching it think, oh, that's a normal person. doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he's CEO of whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, worked at McDonald's. We had a guest that's a CEO of a vision company and he the little clip was that he got his five stars at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Well, how many college and university students will be working in retail or fast food? Yeah. And they'll watch it and think, well, actually, I can relate to that person. Yeah. It's not a hard sell. Yeah. That gets people's interest. Yeah. Whereas you see a lot of hard sell mm-hmm. that gets, you know, just flicked past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's the key to it, really. I think that you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It's is adopting that human-centric yeah. approach because I, I do think that at times companies can kind of get lost in the, like the corporate side of yeah, things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they'll throw loads and loads of corporate videos out there yeah. and just get lost in news feeds. Yeah. People skip past it. Yeah, I was going to say, it just gets lost in the noise then, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, um, yeah. But if you just ch- pop something out there and make it relatable, mm-hmm. as you say, um, that's certainly something that, that, that appeals to me. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I guess that kind of like links into what I was going to ask you next. So, um, so in manufacturing, again, relationships and re- uh, and reputation, you know, they're essential. Um, so, what processes did you put in place to almost like build trust and credibility in your respective industry um, when you were launching, uh, when you were launching the app, or when you were preparing to uh, to to launch the app? I talk about this quite a lot, actually. It's um, relationship and connection is important. Um, whether you know you're going to build a startup at some point in the future, just in your day job, it's important. Mm-hmm. So I've known for four or five years that at some point Engineers Insight might exist. That in the back of my mind, I always had a, a LinkedIn strategy of who I was connecting with and every person I met I would connect with because at some point they're going to engage with your content. Mm-hmm. So that was one part. Me as a person, throughout all of my sales jobs, again, it was about connecting with the person that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I could be wearing a hat that day for that brand, but two years' time I'd be wearing a different brand's hat. Mm-hmm. But still going to have the connection with the customer. And that customer might have gone to a different place as well. So if you don't have the re- relationship with them, then, you know, you're just in a transaction transactional meeting. And give me a PO. All right, well, that's only because your price is a pound cheaper. And actually if you know the person and engage with them, there's some authenticity in the conversation, then that goes a long way. So I think I've done, I've done well in that respect. You know, wherever I've worked, I've gained, um, I've gained friends actually. You know, there's a lot of people that you would call colleagues, but then there's a lot of people that I still WhatsApp, text, we meet up. The guys from Schneider, we meet up. Know, every few months either someone's retiring because they're all old boys now <laughs> um, but just that there's still 15, 16 of us in a group message and yeah. I left there 8 years ago Yeah. so that you know it, it sticks with people mm-hmm. so I'm going to finish on a, another quote from yourself uh, so you've said that you're um, shaping the future of the industry um, but what does the future of the manufacturing industry look like in your eyes um I said I was shaping the future. <laughs> That's worrying. Um, I think connecting to that quote, the future of industry has to be more connected. 
you know, um, yes, technology and industry 4.0, AI, analytics on the shop floor, all of that brings this connection. But as people, as associations, end users, OEMs, we all need to be more connected. There's a drive, um, Andrea Wilson on LinkedIn, um, should be happy with that little plug. Um, <laughs> Her, her campaign is for a, a minister for manufacturing because we need some sort of strategy. We need government to to tell us where the money is being spent and what's the focus for UK manufacturing and how it helps the economy. And We need to change the mindset of people that manufacturing is a dirty job. It's not. It's, a, it's an amazing job. Mm-hmm. You know, There's thousands of jobs within UK manufacturing that, that kids don't know about, which is why we're sort of delving into that world of how do we tell tell kids about it. I'm actually at a sixth form, um, Corby sixth form, at the end of March with IGUS, taking a robot in, doing workshops with students that mm-hmm. are doing their A-levels. They, they don't know if they want to be an engineer or not. Yeah. But it's a great time for them to see how brilliant technology is and understand you know, that it's a fantastic career to get into. So connection, um, I hope that that's the the future of manufacturing I hope awesome Tom that was you know brilliant chat really really enjoyed it so um, just for our listeners then two things um, podcast uh, where can they where can they hear your podcast yeah so YouTube uh, it's called Through the Eye um, we interview business leaders about I think we've already spoke about it um, what they wanted to be when they were a kid and how they got to their job and challenges they've faced that sort of thing and more importantly, uh, Engineers Insight. How can the uh, how can the listeners um, you know download the app and you know you know get get involved really? Yeah, so it's completely free. Um, it's on the app stores. Just search Engineers Insight, download it from there. It's a very quick sign up process. Then you're in. Um, if you're a bit dubious, um, follow me on LinkedIn. I I. Uh, I post quite a lot on there anyway, so you, you can see the journey. We, we do a weekly newsletter where I talk about the crap you have to deal with being a first-time founder and challenges that I've faced, the meetings that I've had that week, um, which gets quite a lot of reads. Um, but yeah, just connect with me on LinkedIn if if, um, if you're interested, if I haven't bored you to this point, you've turned <laughs> off by now. Oh, I know, I hope not. And if you are dubious, check it out, because yeah. uh, I've checked it out, and it's, it's a really you know, brilliant app. Yeah, and and I'm you. sure it'll be a fantastic uh, addition to the manufacturing world. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Bro. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Make and Market podcast. Please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share the show to help more manufacturers like you enhance their marketing strategies. If you're interested in joining me as a guest, please contact me at lawrence.chapman at axengarside.com. Don't forget to explore a wealth of manufacturing content on our website, www.axengarside.com and join our live LinkedIn webinar, Marketing RevUp, hosted by our head of marketing, Rob White, every other Wednesday. For the latest updates, hit the subscribe button on your chosen platform and stay tuned for more upcoming episodes.